What's that in the sky? It's a bird. It's a plane. It's Top Geekly! Holy Hulkamaniacs, geeks and geekettes. What's going on? Tom here, the resident Kryptonian. And of course, I'm joined by my friend and yours. He is the Gotham Knight, my man, Cody. Yo, what's up, geeks and geekettes? We are Talk Geekly, bringing the latest and the greatest from comic books to video games and so much more from the geek culture. And man, oh man, do we have some awesome, heavy hitting news for you guys. But as always, first, Tom, what's up? How have you been? Give us a little bit of insight on your life, my man. Uh, super stressed out, but other than that, I had some fun with my family this weekend, so that was really cool. Did some laser tag. I gotta say, it was nice to finally beat my wife. She's been going on a bit of a streak with the laser tag, and she always wins, but this time, I came out number one, man. I came out number one. Guns blazing. Hell yeah, that's the way I like to hear it. Me, myself, I gotta say, I kind of have been hitting hard with Mario Kart Online, and just really, really killing it on there. I'm, I'm feeling really confident. And then I started, I broke into Escape from Tarkov. So two new games outside of the Valheim. Um, it's nice to break away from Viking Sims. <laughs> well, it seemed like you were spending quite a bit of time in Valheim. And I got to I gotta admit, I, I like the fact that you were. I'm a big, big fan of the, you know, survival building kind of games. So seeing you spend all that time in there actually made me proud. Now, of course, enough about what we've been doing for the week and what we had going on. Let's jump into some of that geeky news. This week in Geek. So hot off the press, it looks like WandaVision's Evan Peters is set to return in Doctor Strange 2. So there was a lot of controversy about this character. And excuse me, I'm not very well first with WandaVision. But it, it seems like the Quicksilver uh, from from X-Men films, um, you know, there's a whole lot of controversy with this character not being in continuity with the MCU, not even being Quicksilver uh, due to Agatha's uh, control. But there it, are some hints and some tidbits leading us to believe that the story is not quite finished yet and that this will continue in Spider-Man No Way Home and then conclude in Doctor Strange 2, Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. Now, even Peter's, this is kind of where the hint is coming from. It, his real identity was hinted early on in, in WandaVision by Jimmy Woo, uh, who was looking for a missing person to witness protection, uh, who was a codename Ralph Bo Boner. <laughs> so there's just a lot of like fan theory going on, and I just thought this was interesting to kind of uh, jump on because I know we were both really stoked to see him uh, finally, and this, you know, could, you know, be the bridge with X-Men coming to the MCU, um, but that hope is still there, so. No, I, I, don't know I definitely think that even though it ended up being a little bit of a swerve as far as that character is concerned, um, I think there's definitely hope. Uh, not, nothing is set in stone, and it didn't, especially with him being in witness protection, I feel like that could come back to definitely tie everything up correctly and we find out a little bit more about who he actually is. But I would, I, I can't wait to see him in Doctor Strange. And this guy, as far as I'm concerned, he is Quicksilver. Uh, forget Kick-Ass guy. I don't even remember his name, but the dude from Kick-Ass who played Quicksilver in the uh, Avengers film. I, I, I love me some Evan Peters. He brings, he brings some really fun moments to that character. Uh, another piece of news this week, though, is one more in the gaming realm. And we actually know, of course, last week, 
the acquisition between Microsoft obviously taking over ZeniMax Media, which is bringing Bethesda underneath their umbrella. Last week, of course, the United States Securities and Exchange Commission, they went ahead and approved it. But just today, the European Commission did announce that it also will be allowing the acquisition to go through. They found no reason to have any concerns with any sort of monopoly or anything like that. Or, or competition, so to speak. So it's basically just a matter of moments before that is finalized and Bethesda does end up, you know, underneath that Microsoft Xbox umbrella. And of course, that's something that a lot of gamers are a bit weary about, but I think we just gotta wait and see. And, and you know, hopefully Microsoft just pushes Bethesda to give us more and more quality content. Yeah, I, uh, I for one, I think Microsoft can do a lot of good with this, uh, accusation um i think it's going to be hilarious to see the microsoft logo on playstation 5 and 4 titles though i think i think that'll be a little bit uh, comical if that goes through i know that was getting memed on heavily um let me ask you this though if we can get any title get a remake or remaster out of um or an extension of the series what do you want to see from bethesda a remake or a remaster like a any title you know Maybe New Vegas, uh, you know, remade or remastered or... I mean, you know. I, I mean that'd be cool. I never really was a big fan of the whole Fallout stuff. But um, I, I don't know. I think it's more of a just seeing what's going to happen with the follow-up to Skyrim. I, I just think that that's probably the, the biggest hype that they got going. Yeah, you know, uh, Skyrim, what, 6? Yeah, <laughs> who, who knows? Six. Who, who knows? Um, but on to other news, it looks like we are getting four new posters dropped for the Falcon and the Winter Soldier, which is actually going to be premiering in less than two weeks on Disney+. Plus. Now, we got four different stars. We got Falcon, Winter Soldier, Agent 13, and Zemo. And it was pretty cool. We got to see Zemo with his helmet on, uh, mask on, whatever you want to call that. Uh, we got to see the Winter Soldier sporting the, you know, the short hair and um, the arm for Wakanda. Um, a lot of cool things, um, and it seems like this is going to be a little bit of a different story compared to WandaVision, of course. Uh, not a whole lot other than that. Uh, have you have you gotten to see the posters yet, Tom, or are so, you uh, no, any interest? I have not seen the posters, and I actually haven't even seen the trailer, just because I was so kind of disappointed with WandaVision and all the hype. Uh, I decided, you know what, I'm going to stay away from the Falcon and Winter Soldier stuff. So this way I'm not like prepared or expecting anything. So I kind of just want to just wait till it comes out and see it and let them uh, wow me with their uh, acting on screen. But anyone real quick that's interested, we will be leaking these photos uh, on our uh, Facebook and YouTube videos. So if you want to check those out, go ahead and take a peek. Uh, just don't tell Tom. Yeah, please, please don't don't tag me in the post. Uh, on to my next piece of news, though, something really exciting for me as an avid toy collector is we now have pre-orders available for Zack Snyder's Justice League action figures. And these are actually being produced by McFarlane Toys uh, doing DC's multiverse line. And you've got Darkseid, Steppenwolf, The Flash, as well as Aquaman currently available uh, there are links right now on Amazon, but it looks like we're also going to see Superman in the black suit. Uh, I want that action figure. I got to take a couple, you know, peeks at it. It looks gorgeous. I, I need to have it on my shelf. 
But uh, yeah, I mean, Todd McFarlane has been doing some of the best action figures for a very, very long time. And I believe on this show, probably a little over a year ago, I talked about the fact that DC was, you know, doing a deal with him and how strange it was that the father of Image Comics is now in charge of all of DC's action figures. But maybe uh, maybe Marvel will follow suit very soon. And McFarlane just kind of holds a stranglehold on the comic book action figures. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I think any any toy or action figure coming from him is just amazing. It just it reminds me of my childhood just to a T. And maybe that's why we love it so much. You, you know, um, so I'm excited. What do you think is going to be uh, next to come after this? Are, are you think we're going to see any sort of uh, new toy lines or any other comic adaptations? Anything that you might take a guess at? As far as Zack Snyder's uh, Justice No, uh, League? just uh, McFarlane. Well, I mean, McFarlane's doing the multiverse line, so we're definitely going to get some of the uh, Frontier stuff very soon. I, I, I have to imagine that that's coming. I wouldn't be surprised if we also got some Doomsday Clock action figures eventually yeah, down awesome. the line. So something, Geeks and Geekettes, I have to tell you about that kind of threw me off a little bit. It looks like we're finally getting some AI that is teaching itself. So traditionally... A lot of the algorithms have been trained on data sets and different things um, that have all been man-made, different pictures and, and everything in their own categories with, with a touch of the human mind. But now Facebook is developing its own system, and this is called SEER. It's an abbreviation of self-supervised. Now, this, this thing was shown 1 billion public-facing Instagram photos, and it pretty much trained and taught itself to recognize images with 84.5% accuracy. That is pretty, that's pretty big. I, I I don't know. I'm not exactly super versed in geek culture, hundred percent to the T when it comes to this type of stuff. But I, you know, I watched enough Terminator to, to see where this could go wrong. <laughs> oh, so, Skynet's on the horizon. <laughs> yeah, there already is Skynet. Oh yeah. Uh, <laughs> there, there is a so, company um, out there. This this is this is pretty big and this could lead to a lot of different things. A lot of think think Facebook when you know you're talking to a friend about a certain action figure <laughs> that you heard from your favorite podcast. Next thing you know, it's popping up in your Facebook and Twitter. That's from stuff like this. No, yeah, it's only getting more and more advanced, and it's definitely something that kind of has a double-edged sword. You know, you you be excited for some of the potential like uh ease of life kind of things that things like this could provide but then at the same time you're also worried about the nsa and and the government and, and just being tracked even more than we already are but um it is exciting and i i'm i want to see where they can kind of tie stuff like that into the video game realm i think that that th these sorts of technologies always help video games especially when it comes to ai there's no doubt about it uh, now, my last bit of news, I'm going to date myself right now for sure, is the fact that we have an official release date of May 18th for the 4K Ultra HD Blu-ray release of Arnold Schwarzenegger's Last Action Hero. This movie bombed in the box office in 1993, but for me, it was one of the just one of the most fun times I had as a very, very young kid. Uh, just checking out Arnold Schwarzenegger on the big screen with a really cool concept, and I'm stoked. 
This is newly restored in 4K from the original camera negative, and it's gonna have HDR10. They've got the Dolby Atmos track. Basically, they took the original theatrical mix and they've they've upped it to a 5.1 combined stereo audio kind of thing going on just crazy plus all the deleted scenes extended scenes alternate ending music videos and so much more you can get it right now once again on amazon not like i'm you know sponsoring them but amazon 38.99 yeah you know i i definitely love when they take titles like this and give them a, a new life and a fresh breath of uh air uh just out of curiosity do you have any idea why it bombed so bad uh, it wasn't Terminator. <laughs> I mean, th this was definitely outside of Arnold's, you know, Conan and Terminator and even Predator. This was him trying to do a movie for kids. And I don't think that the, the movie going audience was prepared for that. Absolutely. And I can I can see where you're coming from, where a lot of people coming off the Terminator series would want that. And, you know, not given that chance to be able to, you know, see that, you know, would be pushed away from it but with that being said guys that does wrap up this week's take on the geekly news but stay tuned we do have some fresh polls coming right up fresh polls all right so marvel had some good stuff this week and i'm going to start off with hellions issue number 10 now starts off really quick we don't even get a backstory as to how this has happened but arcade has mr sinister imprisoned and this is written by Zeb Wells with art from Steven Segovia. And I got to say, really, really cool dynamic here where uh, you can tell Arcade has the upper hand. And I've never seen the character uh, look so powerful. But then again, I don't have a lot of experience with Arcade. Honestly, most of my experience with Arcade is from some of the cartoons in the early 90s. But the mutants are cut off from Krakoa. And he basically sinister that is he made a deal with mastermind but then we find out that arcade is actually pulling all the strings even behind what's going on with mastermind there's a lot of bait and switch going on and uh we end up actually seeing some of the members of sinister's team in some rather awkward sexual situations they don't realize that they're in some sort of simulation that arcade has them trapped in but eventually he does manage to break Sinister and things go somewhere where it's, I'm just kind of confused. Honestly, I'll, I'll be very honest. I want to see, you know, obviously read the next issue and see where the confines of murder world, because that's what he calls his simulation. Uh, just see how murder world plays out. But uh, I'll, I'll give Hellions another chance. So what, what do you think was the call for the sexual tension in the sexual scenes like was there any any need for it do you think it amplified the issue or the the arc or the series the run at, at all or do you think it was just ed for shock value no it definitely was playing on the character involved um the, the character involved that was just something that's part of them i don't think anything at all had to do with shock value it made sense it progressed the story and it showed how messed up arcade was for for doing that you know, to them. All right. Yeah, I got you. And I just asked because it's always, it's, it's different uh, when you get a chance to actually read that type of thing in comics, because a lot of comics anymore steer towards, I mean, maybe some adult things, but nothing to that extent. So one thing I had a chance to kind of, I guess, set everything in a more solidified manner was Batman issue one Oh six. 
Now, this kind of, I guess, set the tone for Future State. This follows the tragic events of Infinite Frontier issue number one. And I didn't have a chance to read that, so I was kind of thrown off a little bit. But we see Batman, and he has a new sidekick named Ghostmaker, and uh, they're they're just doing their thing, protecting the streets of Gotham, left and right, taking out crooks. And it's it's cool to see this interaction. You 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 get to see them kind of joke around and and make a make a jump for the the Batcave, the homemade Batcave or whatever, and see who gets there first. We also got a glimpse at Scarecrow. He has someone who's bound up with their eyelids forced open, forcing them to watch something. It's a whole slew of TVs. At first, I thought it was a play on the Joker. So, And we get Oracle, too, so it's a lot of throwbacks. Now, this is a very, very beautifully drawn comic. I, I was just in love with it, and there was so much action going on between the different gangs and Batman and, and the new sidekick. The biggest thing that threw me off, though, was we, we got to see... This brand new dude, uh, he's a, a billionaire named Simon Saint, and he he comes up with this new advancement in, in enforcement. And you see this this hologram, and it shows you a magistrate peacekeeper. And that's when everything just clicked. And I was like, no way. Now this also has a backup story in it, a demon or detective that shows Damian Wayne on the run, and he he runs nowhere else but to his mom, Talia Al Ghul. So this is a really cool story too. Now these this was written by Joshua Williamson with art being done by Gleb Melanoff with and uh, Jorge uh, Jimenez. Excuse me for that. Oh, you're all good, man. So I mean, honestly, how how did you feel the direction that they're going uh, with Scarecrow? Because I, I I only got to see a couple of the images, some that you shared with me, but a couple articles online, and apparently like they're really trying to to make him. A seriously scary villain way more than he ever has been before yeah so scarecrow's always kind of had that potential but they like you said they never really milked it for what it was worth and this issue kind of gave a new light to him it made him a lot more sinister a lot more creepier and just willing to go to the extremes and I, i'm wondering what he does you know um where he plays and where his cards fall uh he does have a big hand in everything that's going on and I, I definitely think it's interesting uh, as you were talking about the peacekeepers uh, and seeing how this book is, is almost a prelude uh, to some of the stuff that you are reading in the, the, the future state books. So it's nice to see that DC is coming full circle and, and you know, tying up all those loose ends. Now, uh, my second book from Marvel this week, uh, like I said, Marvel had a lot of good stuff going on, but there was one other book that I felt was very, very important. So this will be the last Marvel piece I have for you. And it's actually a handbook. Uh, this is the King in Black handbook. It's written by Mike O'Sullivan, and we've got art from Carl Farmer. And I got to say, this is a really cool book. Um, I think as a comic book fan and myself as a fan of this arc, this is one of those things that is a, is a must-have. Um, it basically just kind of gives you stats and backstory to all of the major players uh, in the King of Black series. Um, you've got, you know, Gwen Stacy, Eddie Brock, uh, even Agent Venom, characters like that. But it also kind of gives you a lot of the story as far as Null and Wraith. And I think Wraith is very important, and that ties into some of the stuff that I discussed as far as the last issue of Venom that I had uh, reviewed on the show. But I'm very, very excited for where this is going to eventually lead, the big payoff. And to see Eddie Brock don his new 
his new costume, basically, his new symbiote. Unfortunately, they didn't really have much of that in this in this handbook, but they definitely alluded to it once again when they started discussing uh, the character Wraith. So what would you say was your favorite backstory in this issue and, and why was it? Um, I'm going to I'm going to go with Wraith uh, just because from my experience in following this arc, I only had one real book that that explained the character and I wanted more. I needed more. And with this handbook, it, it sort of tied into the last thing that we saw with Eddie Brock and it started to make more sense for that character. So I was definitely feeling like there was a bit of a payoff, but I'm still not satiated. I still need more of Wraith. I gotcha. And that definitely sounds like an awesome book. And it seems like this is going to just be an outstanding, outstanding series for you to cover. So I'm excited. Every time you talk about it more and more, I want to see what happens with Eddie. And it's just drawing me in deeper. One thing I will say on the DC side of things that drew me in real deep this week was the Swamp Thing issue number one. Now, this was really, really awesome. We start out with an investigation on a crime scene. It looks like there's police investigating um, a dead body they, in, right in the middle of the desert. They're talking about uh, blowflies and their different progressions, and that's how they're able to determine, you know, how long this person's been dead in the desert. And that's when we get the first, like, indication of this folklore about this monstrous creature that's in the desert um, that refuses to die. That then leads us to our brand new guardian of the green Levi Cami, and he's unable to control his transformation. So he's like right in the middle of a flight on an airplane. He's just kind of losing it. And the stewardess is, is even kind of just curious, like, you know, what's going on with this guy? And he's like, you know, nothing runs to the bathroom and he transforms right on the plane, blowing up the plane. Ooh. It was, it was insane. Just seeing this happen. You know, we, you see, you see the vines just shoot through his eyes. Brutal. This book was brutal. And I, I, I adored every part of it. We see Levi then having to revisit past events in his life, leading him to India, and he comes face to face with this folklore. So it was it was really it's insane to see the two go head to head, and things definitely take a turn for the worse. And I I don't know how to feel. I don't know what issue number two is going to lead us. Now this was written by Ram V with art being done by Mike Perkins. Now I gotta ask because you you're talking about him uh, Levi not being able to control the transformation so is this something that is is now part of the swamp thing uh character like he eventually he's going to be able to go back to human form or or is it just the the first transformation it happened and then he stuck like normal swamp thing in that only form yeah so he was he was in that swamp thing his the whole the rest of the arc so um, yeah, it looks like he's not, I don't think he has the capability to revert back to oh, his human okay. form. All right. All so, right. Sorry if I worded it weird. No, no, I just got excited because I thought that that would be really cool, uh, where the new character actually has the ability to go back and forth. That would, that would definitely change up the dynamic quite a bit. All right. Well, uh, this last book we got for you guys, we both had a chance to check out one of the biggest hyped up comic books in a long, long time. That is Berserker. Issue number one came out from Boom Comics, written by none other than Keanu Reeves. But of course, he did have help from Matt Kent, and we've got art from Ron Garney. I got to be honest, I'll start off really quick and just say I was un this under uh, uh, underperformed for me so much so 
that I barely wrote down notes. I mean, yeah, I, I'm not sure how you feel about this, but just a quick run through. You've got a paramilitary character who basically, in my opinion, just kills shit. I don't know how. Yeah, you and he, he's like pretty much indestructible. And it just seems like this comics trope was just getting as gory and brutal as possible with as little a story that it could skirt by with. Yeah, there was not very much to play with in terms of, of story. I, you know, agreed. I read this book today and I can't really remember much of the plot <laughs> besides him just punching stuff. Yeah. And I think that that, uh, like you said, the trope of, of, of the, the death, the murder, the blood, the gore, all of that was something that they wanted to they wanted people to read this thing and be like, oh, this is cool. But I guess for people like us, yeah, that is cool. There's definitely nothing wrong with that. But we still wanted a bit more substance, and I don't think it delivered as far as that's concerned. But I do like um, where we, we we end up towards the end. There is a moment where we see that the character is actually tied to someone who was born over 80,000 years ago. So I think hopefully in issue two, we get the actual story and we get more of that fleshed out. I, I mean, where do you think we might be going for issue two? You think they're going to go with more blood and gore, or do you think we're finally going to get that world building? It's it's hard to say. I mean, we see, we see. Um, it, there was so much weird stuff in it. Like we seen him getting repaired. We seen a baby sucking on a titty and then biting the titty and drawing blood from the titty at one point. And that's when he started remembering being born. So I guess he was the baby that bit the the titty and made it bleed. I don't know. I was just confused. Uh, <laughs> I think issue number two has a lot of promise if we see more of that story and world building. Yeah, I, I hope so. I, I really don't want to see Boom Studios taking advantage of just the name Keanu Reeves and not That's delivering. That's how I felt. That's yeah, no, how I felt. I agree yeah. with you. So there you have it. That is our brutally honest truth of Keanu Reeves' first foray into comic books. Uh, but don't take our opinion, of course, with any of these books. Always go out to your local comic shop or if you've got to do it online, but but pick up the books yourself and, and see exactly what we're talking about. Absolutely. And with that being said, guys, that does wrap up this week's Talk Geekly. Tom, what's your plans for the week? What do you got uh, brewing up well, in that is, good old workstation of yours? Man, this is the final week for the game jam. So I have to tie everything up and get all the final animations done, level design done, uh, programmers right now, they are working very, very hard to get enemy AI working. So we've got a lot, a lot of stuff to do in about six days. I'm not looking forward to it, but what I am looking forward to is on Saturday, being able to upload a Dropbox link for the people who are on Facebook, the Talk Geekly Facebook. You can download the demo and try it out yourself and see what I've been working so hard on. For the last 30 days but what about you what's next any more mario kart going on so yeah we get i built this huge mario kart hot, hot wheel set with my kid and they, they both love it we've been having a blast with it and uh outside of that we might actually do some real mario kart with my mom later on tonight that's kind of like a little family thing we try to do monday and tuesdays um really i'm just you know again just really studying the craft learning a little bit more about youtube and trying to game along the way but it seems like the more I try to learn, the less I gain. <laughs> With that being said, I guys, disagree. that does. <laughs> that being said, guys, that does wrap up this week's podcast. You could always check it out, check us out on our respective social media platforms at Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, Twitch, and so much more at Talk Geekly. And Tom, why don't you send us off? Hey, 
As always, keep it geekly. What's that in the sky? It's a bird. It's a plane. It's Talk Geekly!
What's that in the sky? It's a bird. It's a plane. It's 